Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. I'm uh, better because we've spent some time visiting. And uh, I know that sounds like a broken record, but I'm serious. Um, It's just good to have a great friend uh, that I get to see. uh, on a regular basis. And this is one of the venues where I get to see you. And uh, so my, my day is much better because we've talked. Right on. Yeah. We always schedule an hour and a half for two 20 minute podcasts, <laughs> just in case, just in case. Hey, uh, so last week we talked about learning from our failures and, and we talked about success. We talked about failure, but, but did we really focus more on failure today on 192, bring us back. And, and what is it we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. I wanted to, Actually, flip it a little bit, Jim, and talk yeah. about re- reimagining success. Great. Um, you know, we live in a world where success is idolized. I think, especially our our, our Western culture, and yeah. uh, there are more shortcuts to success than almost anything you can imagine quantity of. Um, and if we're not careful as leaders, I think we can find ourselves somewhat frustrated. Um, yeah. maybe confused, maybe a little overwhelmed, and and maybe even burned out in our quest for success. And so yeah. I'd like us to focus today on that subject, you know, of reimagining success in a way that keeps us healthy and yeah. in the game for the long haul. What do you think about yes. that as a subject today, Jim? I, I think the number one thing that burns people out if, is, if it isn't people, difficult people and difficult circumstances, it's this. It's a misdefined, you know, success. And so I'm, I'm no longer good at this or I'm, I, I, you know, whatever they're measuring, they're measuring the wrong thing or they're measuring the right things the wrong way. And, and a self-perpetuating discouragement leads them to, the, to a wrong conclusion that I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm not meant for this. I need more of something before I come back to this. So I, I think I, I don't, if I were to ask the average pastor, the average leader, what do you define as success? I asked a hundred people that I bet you I get 103 different answers. Yeah. So I, I think we do need something we can agree on. What is success? Yeah. So there's four ideas I have in mind today. I'd like to yeah. unpack. So I'll just jump on the first one right away yeah. here. Uh, the first one is defining what organizational success means for you. Okay. And can I just encourage our listeners and watchers to avoid comparison when it comes mm-hmm. to this one? You know, I think one of the, there are many downsides to social media, uh, but one of them is we get bombarded with images of other people's success. Yeah. And right. I think it can, it can cause us to wish we had what others seemingly do. Yeah. Um, right. Please don't take that bait. Um, Figure out what success is for the organization you lead. And it starts on your knees. It starts with your journal open. It starts with you asking God to help you get a picture of what the outcomes he wants uh, to achieve through the organization you lead. Um, An example, you know, Converge Coaching, success for us is really twofold. You know, uh, one Part of our success is getting to the end zone on time. And for us, the end zone is influencing 25,000 leaders by the end of 2025. Yeah. 
But that's only one part of success for us. The second part of success is doing that while at the same time maintaining health in our most important relationships. Yeah. Our walk with God, our marriages, uh, our relationships with our children and our grandchildren, with our friends, even our relationship, Jim, with ourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for us, success is while we're reaching for that end zone. at the same time, we're loved and respected by those closest to us. Yes. What do you think about this first one? Well, I, I like it a lot because you just built a foundation for success. It wasn't a dollar amount. It wasn't a number. It wasn't, it was, I, I, to, to quote Jesus, you, you built your house on a rock. You know, the other things will come and go. The identities of those successes will come and go as well. But a solid marriage, a solid walk with Christ, a solid walk with your children, you know, a solid walk with, with good friends, uh, a solid walk with your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Yeah. I, 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 who, who is not successful if those things are successful mm-hmm. and, and flip it around, who is successful if those things are not successful? Oh, you you just, you just built a, an emotional, physical, and spiritual foundation that, that will, that has character, right? Not just, mm-hmm. not, not just pizzazz. It's, it's, these are, these are the, the hard things behind the scenes, the stuff that's under the ground that nobody sees that supports everything else. So if you don't have those, how, whatever you accomplish, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to say too strongly, but I, the best word I have, if you don't have those things and you succeed, you've succeeded as a fraud. And, and maybe that's too strong. I don't mean to accuse anybody's character, but I think you get the point. The success without those things is just you focused on the areas that were not as important. And I, yeah. I don't want to be standing next to you when you present your works uh, to, the, to, to the, the heavenly judge because it's, that's yeah. wood, hay, and stubble. And you were given the opportunity to build something much better than those things. Yeah. yeah. And so when we, when we think about success as an organization, we're thinking about it on, on the, all of those layers. Hey, I want my yeah. team. Well, yes. my yes. team, yeah. healthy. We uh, we tell our team before anybody joins our team, we go we put them through the paces, you know, and um, sure, yeah, and we tell them, uh, you you owe us as an organization, you owe us health. We're yeah. going to do everything in our power uh, to create the conditions for you not to be overworked, to have time yeah. for your family to have time for rest and replenishment and all of that. But I cannot, I cannot force that. I will force it. I will force it (laughs) if you're unhealthy. Right. But, but this is such an important piece of the puzzle for us because, you know, it's almost like when Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And yeah, and yeah. I, again, I think that's maybe not the right context, but the principle, I think, is what we're yeah. really driving at here. Look, yeah. if you get to the end of the finish line and you've reached your goals, but there's a trail of wreckage behind yes. you, yes, yeah, you have yeah. it you know, from our perspective, right? Right, we, we see that as, no. as less than that. Well, we um, see that, right? That the staffs that we have, and people, you know, like I, I, the people we talk to often now are senior pastors, they were associate pastors. And the problems they're having now as senior pastors were because of a lot of things that happened when they're associate pastors, the, yes. the drivenness, the marriage issues that came out of it, kids that they didn't care for the church because I saw my parents, 
basically have an affair with their job against my, yeah. my other parents. I, you know, these are, yes, maybe the ministry grew under your leadership, but th- there's more important measuring sticks than temporary success at the cost of permanent or long lasting failure. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the second uh, idea I'd like us to think about together is that success is not a straight line. Um, We talked a little bit about this in reverse last week, Um, but there, Jim, there are more twists and turns than you can imagine on the road to progress. Um, It's like two steps forward, one step back. Um, a, A season of momentum doesn't guarantee the next season will be smooth. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like you think, wow, we finally got this figured out, man. We're flying. We're just this thing. And then, and then, you know, the next season comes and there's some struggles that you weren't anticipating. And and that's true in reverse. A season of struggle doesn't mean fruitfulness will be elusive forever. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, and I think, Jim, I think success means accepting that struggle. You know, there is going to be struggle. Uh, and I am going to learn from it, and I am going to tweak, and I am going to make changes as yeah. uh, as uh, <laughs> I see fit, as our team sees fit. But I want to encourage, if you're pastoring, if you're a church, you're leading a business, you're running a ministry, yeah. success is rare. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who has had a straight line uh, no. to success. It has been no. good, and then struggle, and then struggle, and yeah. then good. And, uh, and and I guess it's important to know that because when you're struggling, I think your inner dialogue is challenged. I think the devil looks at, at that as an opportunity to to strike uh, yeah. and, and deposit some things into your thinking that aren't accurate. What do you think about this second one about success success not being a straight line? Yeah, you know if you if you read the great church growth stories, it it, it almost comes off like a like an ecclesiastical Hallmark movie, you know, and, and we were all happy in the end. It's like, nobody's happy all the time. You know, every, we answered all the right questions, all the right ways. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's not blind squirrels looking for nuts, but it's, it's, I, I saw something it was, it was a years ago, but somebody said what, what people think success is. And it had like a chart that was just going up and to the right. So what success really is, and it was a squiggly, squiggly, squiggly line and it ended up in the same place but it just went every different direction and, and success. And, yes. I, and I think, and, and I assume a successful person made that cartoon because that the second one is far closer to reality than the first one. You, you do, you do get lucky. So I'm not lucky. I believe in luck. You, you are in the right place at the right time and good things happen. There's also yeah. other times, long seasons in between those times that you're faithful. And, and let's, let's be honest when we're judged at the end of our lives and I, Today must be judgment day for me, but that, you know, the, the, we're going to be judged on, on not numbers and not square feet and not programs and not dollars, but good and faithful, right? So quality yeah. and fidelity are, are, are the, the, the means by which we will be judged successful or failure, right? So, so I, I think that fidelity is a, is a undervalued value, um, yeah. but just showing up again tomorrow is is a huge part of success so I, right. I agree completely yeah yeah and that really kind of leads me to the third thought or third idea i had here is that success however you define end up defining it requires mm-hmm. consistent effort over a long period of time yes yeah uh, most pastors who experience fruitful ministry have been at their post for at least seven years 
Yeah. At least. Yeah. At least. I mean, they, they have put in the work week in, yeah. week out, whether they felt like it or not, whether they saw immediate impact or not. They stuck yeah. with it because they understood I have a calling on my life. And, you know, yeah, I've got goals. Yes, I've got this idea, this picture of the future and getting there. But they understand this, that getting there is not a catapult. It's not a, 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 a broad jump. It's choosing the, and this is going to sound, I don't know how this is going to sound. I'm just going to say it. It's yeah. choosing the right behaviors hour by hour, day by day, week yeah. by week, and staying at it even when we don't see the outcomes coming yeah. that we had hoped. And, and so, you know, I, um, I went to school in a uh, city that had, I don't know, Jim, dozens and do dozens of mega churches, uh, just huge yeah. churches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 19 years old and I'm yeah. thinking, okay, this is how this, this is how this works. Yeah. You, know, right. you, you get your degree, you start a church and whammo in a year, you're running a thousand people. Yeah. Little did I know that <laughs> not only were they the exception, but I only had a very limited view into everything that led up to this church arriving where they were at the moment I was there. And and, and so yeah. I, I just want to encourage those that are listening and watching today, stay at it. Yeah. You know, keep keep grinding, keep yeah. moving forward. If you get stuck, get some help. Um, yeah. You know, reach out. Uh, <laughs> but but um, this this idea that you're going to plant a church or you're going to start a ministry and it's going to go from zero to 100 in 4.3 seconds or whatever, um, I just... First of all, rarely happens. Yeah. And secondly, when it does happen, I get concerned. Yeah. Is there is there enough internal fortitude and strength right. in that leader to handle instant success? And yes. uh, yeah. so that's the third third thought. What do you what are you thinking about that? that that's you? funny. I had the same thought before when I was when I was a young man. I envied those that were the overnight success. Now that I'm not a young man and I've lived long enough to see what happens to so many overnight successes. The yeah. same thought, like, oh, oh, God, please give them what they need to, to do this for a long time. I don't want to read in the newspaper about another one, another right. great success that's a, a public failure. Like, please give them what they need. So I, that, I, I think that, you know, the biblical picture Jesus paints for us, it seems to be like a vineyard, right? Mm -hmm. That those, mm -hmm. those vines can be decades old, but, but they, they're, they're pruned, they're cared for, their stuff gets cut off to produce fruit in other places. Dead things are dealt with. Disease is dealt with immediately. So I, success as, as a farmer in the agricultural world of Jesus's teaching, there, there's not machines turning out stuff. There's people that are, you know, that are, that are planting mostly growing crops and animals. That's all a very patient, long-term mm -hmm. end goal, you know, process. And I think it's a lot closer. I think a crock pot's a lot more realistic than a, than a microwave when yeah. it comes to the kingdom. So yeah. Doing again, back to what you said earlier, building those foundations for long-term success increases the chances exponentially of you having long-term success yeah. versus what do I need to do today to explode? I'll, quick story, but my first youth group, the largest youth group I knew of in Arizona was 100 kids. There was 200 people in the church. I want to have a youth group of 100 kids. And in six weeks, we grew to 100 kids. 
my prayer immediately changed from God, give us a hundred kids to God, send most of them back to perdition where they came from. Um, the inmates had taken over the prison, uh, God help, you know, uh, and the reason was we didn't have the, the base of the pyramid to sustain the height of the pyramid. Right. You know, we, we didn't That's have right. ministry for them. So we really didn't have a valid ministry to them. I drew a crowd and even the church kids were getting off the rails because of the kids I invited to church. So it, it is a, again, let's be very careful that when we say success, we're saying exactly what Jesus is saying when he uses the word. If he ever does, I think he uses the words fruitful or yeah. multiply, you know, those, those are synonyms, but I, but let's be sure that we're measuring the right things the right way with the right heart and in the right order. And you will be, I, I, if you're not really careful, if you get those things right, if you're not really careful, you'll, you'll be successful. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll be happy for the long yeah. run. Yeah. And, and then the last one here, Jim, uh, last thought, and this is really uber practical is, is then this is my thought. This is my opinion. I could be wrong about this. I just know it's true in my life that success almost re- almost always requires reverse engineering. Yeah. Yes. And what I mean by that is success begins with the end zone in mind. Yes. Always. How, I mean, that always you, yes. Yeah. How do you know? You know, I like football. So we use, when we talk about vision, we, we think about destination. We think about the end zone, you know, what's, yeah. what's, what's, what's out there at the end zone uh, waiting for us. Um, look, as a leader, you are responsible to figure that out. Yes. Your team is not responsible to figure that out. You are. So get on your knees or in my case, my Barco lounger as my knees, getting on my knees anymore. Isn't really good for me. Yeah. (laughs) And, and let God paint a picture in your mind of the future of the yeah. organization you lead. It's beautiful. What does it what does the end zone look like? What does yeah. it taste like? What does it feel like? Yeah. What and and then once you've latched onto that and you have a fairly clear picture of it, it's fine to bring it to your team. Yeah. And say, here's where I think the end zone is. Here's what I believe the end zone to be. Yeah. Help me fill in the blanks. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But but once you've latched onto that, reverse engineer it. Break it down. So for us, you know, we've got, where are we at, Jim? We, we've got about a two and a half year uh, time limit now on our 2025 yeah. year-end vision. Um, and we've reversed engineered it. We break it down into annual goals, into quarterly goals. And then maybe most importantly, the weekly actions we take we're going to take to make progress towards those goals. And those goals yeah. are in writing. We've yeah. written them down. And yeah. so if you're going to get somewhere, and to me, I think success isn't, is, you know, trying to get to part of success is, is actually getting to the finish line, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Once I figure that out, I'm going to, I'm going to memorialize it with my pen and yeah. I'm going to put it on paper and yeah. with the grace of God and the help of our team, we are going to do our very best every day to try to make progress and move the needle right. toward that end zone. And but yeah. here's where I, f- I find we get lost sometimes is we don't know what we're shooting for. Yeah. 
we just show up every day and we do what we think we're supposed to do with no clear sense of ending to it or no sense. And yeah. Jim, I think that that gets in the way of us reaching whatever our full potential might be in Christ. Yes. It just gets in the yeah. way because there's no intention to our day. There's no intention to our week. Right. Success to me, I think almost always requires that thinking process. Yeah. And, and again, if you don't know how to do that, you know, reach out, find, <clears throat> we can help. There are other organizations that can help yeah. you think this way, because I think it's so important for you to make good use of your working energy and life to be shooting for something that's clear, mouth-watering, yeah. exciting. I talked a bunch there. Yeah. Interested in your thought. Well, I agree. A compelling vision. If, if I'm not compelled by my vision, no one else is either. So for me, I, I, I love statistics. I love information. I love reading reports from Barna about what the church needs, but I'm moved by a promise from God. I'm moved yeah. by when that promise engages my purpose, I'm, I'm really an unstoppable force. I think all men are, or all women are just mm-hmm. when, when I know who I am and I know what I'm supposed to do, the odds of me doing it are, are greatly multiplied. So starting from the, from the end and working way back to the beginning, I, we have a ministry academy here and a lot of the kids, they're going to preach their first sermon, you know, year one, year two, year three, they're going to preach that first sermon. And then, so the question comes up, how do you write a sermon? And they're always surprised when I say you start about 10 minutes after the altar calls over with in your mind, you work your way back to the, like, what do you think God wants to do? Good. And then once they tell me what they think God wants to do, then how, what did, what was the last thing you said to them before they moved to that altar? They responded to it from their pew. They, you know, they signed up for the, whatever, like what, what is it? And they, and they tell me, we're all the way back to, the, to an interesting opening. So that reverse engineering, and, and I know I say this sometimes I've written about it, but we're the only thing I think God created that has that ability to imagine a tomorrow that's different from today and then to move towards it. I, when, when yeah. Martin Luther King says, I have a dream, it's almost like he had a time machine. He goes in the future. He sees a changed world. He gets back in the machine, comes back to the steps of 1968 in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and he tells us what he saw. And, yes. and he said it so compellingly that we, we still talk about it. That was 172 mm. years ago. You know what I mean? That was a long time ago. I was three years old, so 54 years. Yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty impressive that, that that's the power of vision, the right vision at the right time coming from the right heart. So yeah. um, success, I, I believe this, John, I believe success, the most successful leaders on the planet, we may have never even heard their names because they're not successful for great this or amazing that or extraordinary those. They're, they're, they're known because they're, they're good, they're faithful, God can trust them. Men can trust them. The families can trust them. That's that's on. That's awesome. You know. So I, I I agree completely. Let's be careful. Let's be careful to define success as God's God's goals for our lives achieved. That would there that would be, be a good a good definition. Yeah, I love it. You know, I I um I really have on my heart leaders who are discouraged today, mm. and we just want to tell you success in your life isn't instant it's not fast it's not easy it's not a straight line it it requires dependence on god but it also requires discipline and consistency and end zone focused efforts from you 
in your team. I, I think success demands that we be good stewards of our internal life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and it, and it insists that we nurture our most important relationships. Yeah. So, so our dear leader friends, uh, we just want to encourage you today to hang in there. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I believe Jim believes we believe you'll get to the finish line. Yeah. I smile when you say the finish line. Yeah. I smile when you say get to the finish line because they're, you and I have both held the hands of the dying and, and that finish line, that moment, it's one of two conversations. It's about the great joy or the great regret. And, and beyond that, if there's great joy or great regret, it's always about God and people. I wish I would have, could have, should have, or I'm so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. And so I, I come back to that, like, know this, Dan, just everything John just said, please, 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 please live with, with the quality and fidelity that you're calling demands. And, and in the end of this thing, you know, I've been in the prison cell where Paul penned, I, I've run the good race. I have fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me, this yeah. crown, which the Lord, the righteous judge will bestow upon all those you know, who, who love him, who long for his appearing. There's, I, I've sat, I've read those words in the place where he wrote it with his own hand in Rome, Italy. And it is, I'm, I'm just telling you, all the other moments of our lives will pale in comparison to the final moments of our life as we do a, a recap. So live in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. You know what I mean? <laughs> live in such a way that, you, that there's nothing but, wow, that was so much fun, not, wow, I have such terrible regrets. So yeah. God bless you, our dear listener and watcher. We, we love you. It is for you and because of you that we take this time. Um, I think we do it anyway. You're the reason we record it, but we would do this anyway because this conversation and conversations like this are important to the souls of those who serve publicly and privately. So we love you. We're cheering for you. And, and uh, man, if you'd like to talk about this or anything else, 30 minutes free of charge, convergecoach.com. Um, right there. First thing that comes up, let's spend some time together. We, we love to spend time. Our whole organization, not just John and I, everybody. One of the things they have in common is they love people. They love God and they love people. So we can help you. That's that is that's what makes a normal day a really great day. It's a conversation with people like you. So call us, uh, text us, write us, email us, and let's spend some time together talking about the goals that God's put on your heart and how we can achieve those things together. So God bless you. Keep going. It's Tuesday. You're still in the game. Good and faithful servant. Get back there serving good and faithfully. And we'll see you soon as you continue to lead from Alignment.